Hi there. Welcome to HR Shop Talk. I'm your host, Andrea Adams. This show delves into the details of HR through conversations with smart, experienced, and successful professionals who've done the work. You can also find me on YouTube where you can interact with me and other people like yourself. Today, in a first, I have two guests. The first is Kim Wilkinson, who I've hosted before, and the second is Pascal Terrio. Did I say that accurately enough? Yep. Okay, yep. good. All right. <laughs> Hi, Kim and Pascal. Hi. Hi there. So um, we're going to start by a quick introduction, but I typically introduce my guest today. I'm not going to. I'm going to let you guys take 45 seconds each, be timing it, uh, to introduce yourself and and your approach to recruitment. And I think here we'll start with Pascal and we're going to um, switch back and forth as we answer questions of who gets to present their point of view first. All right, Pascal, your introduction. So my name is Pascal Terrio. I'm uh, a recruiter, of course, uh, I guess featuring uh, on today's topic. And I'm just about to start a new role um, with a startup called Hi Hello um, in the tech uh, or software as a service industry. Um, I think at a high level, my approach when it comes to recruitment is just to be uh, very candidate centric and, and provide a really sort of responsive and, and kind of high touch experience throughout uh, the interviewing and, and recruitment process. And um, with that comes kind of providing good detailed feedback on a personalized basis, um, considering diversity and inclusion and, and how we're designing our, our processes and, and the steps in it and, and a whole lot more. So thanks again for having me. Yeah, thank you. Okay, Kim, your turn. I'm Kim Wilkinson. I have been recruiting full-time professionally for since 2013. So I think we're at nine years now. I started my career at Robert Half um, and then transitioned over to Talent Corps. And then in 2019, opened up my own business just because I like to work for myself. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that is me in a nutshell. All right. So we're going to start off with uh, my first question here. And it's around philosophy on finding the best candidate. I've talked about at one time or another about posting and I've talked about sourcing. What is your approach? What do you prefer? Kim, go. I am a headhunter through and through. Um, and I think that is certainly um, the agency side of me. I've never been in corporate recruitment and I know that things are a little bit obviously different on that side, but um, where I believe that I'm bringing value to my clients and something different and justifying you know, the cost of my service essentially is that I am going out and headhunting candidates who are not actively applying to job postings. All right, and Pascal. What do you think, headhunting or posting? Can I say both? <laughs> you <Is> can, that... <laughs> and tell us why. Yeah, yeah, of course. I, I think I think a bit of both uh, is required on, on the corporate side anyways. Definitely uh, understand where Kim is coming from on, on the agency side, and I, I, I would agree with that from an external perspective. Um, but I think from the, the in-house corporate side, um, typically both approaches are, are used. Um, so we do typically post our jobs um, publicly or through our, our career site and a variety of different job boards online, um, but we're typically not relying solely on um, kind of those inbound applications either. Um, there might be occasional roles here or there that are more junior in nature or kind of your, your kind of run-of-the-mill client-facing roles that are very common in the tech industry where we wouldn't conduct proactive sourcing. So next topic here in our discussion, as interviews and I have seen and heard and participated in so many different interview styles, which one is your favorite and explain yourself like why 
Pascal, you get to start this one. Yeah, it's a, a great question. I think there's definitely a lot of debate about this, this topic. I mean, the way that I like to structure my interviews is sort of a, a combination of different styles. Um, I think I like to have sort of a, a guide to begin with that has some sort of mix of behavioral questions, situational questions, um, more casual kind of getting to know you type questions as well. Um, so I think the, the important thing to me anyways is, is following a similar structure or, or similar mm -hmm. sort of guide um, for the same candidates that might be interviewing for the same role or the same opportunity, just so that we're able to provide that kind of equal or, or level playing field to uh, candidates in the same sort of interview experience as well. And, mm -hmm. and again, assessing candidates on the same sorts of items. Um, but I, I am definitely a fan of, of behavioral interviewing in, in general. I think uh, still today, behavioral interviewing is, is probably one of the more common approaches. It's sort of founded in behavioral psychology. And the idea behind it is that past behaviors under a certain circumstance are, are generally a good predictor of, of future behavior. I, I've done some reading into the, the psychology behind it, and I, I do think it's founded in, in science. Um, I, I always like to think that interviewing and recruiting in general is sort of a, a blend of science and art, if you will. Um, so mm -hmm. I think I like to approach my interviews in, in a similar way. Right. Okay, Kim. So I think that it depends on the role, honestly. I think there are some roles where behavioral questions are more important and other roles that are more tactical or routine or, you know, um, maybe more technical in nature where situational is going to be more important. So I think you know, you always want to evaluate before you go in, which is going to be the best approach. Not that I don't like behavioral in, uh, questions. I just do find that they're maybe misused sometimes. And I often think that people, um, mostly hiring managers, I think when they're utilizing them, don't really understand the results or what they're looking for in that question. So they ask it for the sake of, you know, tell me about a time, but are, do they know what they're listening for? And so I think before you just start asking questions, understanding what criteria is a successful answer for you and not just asking to ask because I think that can create a confusing interviewing experience and it it can create a confusing hiring experience if you are getting information that you don't know how to properly digest then you're not going to make the best decision at the end of it so I think just being prepared and, and going which whatever fits that skill set properly and I am the same as Pascal that way where I think every candidate should be asked the same questions because then we're giving the candidates all the same experience and the opportunity to share all the same information so now we're going to move on to reference checks what do you think about reference checks? I've definitely heard some controversy over this that some people say they're, you know, invaluable. Like my dad, for example, thinks they're invaluable. And I've heard other people that I've interviewed on the channel think they're, you know, virtually pointless. So Kim, what do you think about reference checks? Yeah, I'm going to go with pointless on that. I can count on my hand the amount of times I've gotten a gnarly reference. And I mean, I have, and that could be a topic for another show because they are pure comedy. But um, I mean, candidates aren't dumb, right? I mean, they're going to give a reference that they know is going to be favorable to them. And so, um, yeah, I think it's a bit antiquated, that whole process. Okay. And Pascal? I'm aligned with Kim on this one as well. I, I completely agree. I think uh, to Kim's point, most candidates will, I guess, think in advance about 
who's going to give them a, a positive or, or glowing mm-hmm. review and and kind of provide those names or, or contact information on a silver platter for their new uh, employer. So um, yeah, I, I would agree with the statement that it's more of an antiquated or, or kind of traditional element of the recruitment process. I have a different opinion. So here yeah. I'm going to get involved in the debate. And it's not that I, I disagree with you. Yes, of course, your candidates are going to provide someone who's going to give a glowing reference. But the information that I can get out of a reference check is more about um, how to work with them, the, with the person once they start. And so that feedback is valuable or has been valuable to clients in the past. So less about yay or nay and more about the sort of forward looking part. Yeah. And I think there, you know, there could be value in, I mean, I wouldn't call it a reference check then and asking, mm-hmm. you know, your new hire say, I would love to touch base with your manager and see how I can best support you yeah. and not have it contingent on hire. Okay. I just think sometimes too, because you're not giving the hiring manager that you're working for, because I mean, that's not smart. So you know, you look at someone who's been at their job, maybe for six or seven years, has great progressive experience and is now applying for a job that's relative to their skill set today. Do we really want to trust the opinion of the person they worked for seven years ago in a completely different environment? And it doesn't even make sense to who the person is in front of you. And if you, I, I think, um, I'm trying to think what Pascal said that really resonated with me where it's like, yeah, like listening to a third party. It's like, if you're relying on someone else to tell you whether or not you should hire this person, that's a great opportunity to look at your internal hiring and where you can beef up and train your recruiters so that they feel more confident in their decision-making or your mm-hmm. hiring manager, whoever it may be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can, I- Pascal, you're going to... Um, respond here, but I also want to follow up on something you said, and it was how you check uh, the, as a recruiter and without reference checks, how do you check the integrity and honesty of a potential candidate? How do you do that? Great question. I I think th- there are certain sort of, even going back to the, the topic of behavioral questions, there are, there are certain behavioral questions out there that can sort of give you insight into someone's level of integrity. I think to me, integrity also reflects things like respect, honesty, self-awareness, accountability. Um, so there are sort of subcategories or, or sub criteria, mm-hmm. I think, to integrity on, on the whole for me uh, that I look for as a recruiter. So it could be asking them about um, a potentially a behavioral question about uh, how they reached a deadline or performed on a, on a project. Um, it could be something to do with transparency when it comes to communication. Um, it could be just asking someone straight up about a gap in their resume or a change mm-hmm. in their career path. And, and really, it, I think, I mean, it, it is, again, I think you have to develop the, the skill over time, sort of the, the BS meter, if, if you will, mm-hmm. sometimes as, as a recruiter. Um, so really on, on the whole, I think there's all sorts of behavioral and situational questions that can sort of give insight into someone's level of, of integrity in, in that area. Um, and sorry, there was one other thing I, I wanted to mention just in relation to, to Kim's point and, and sort of countering what you were mentioning there, uh, Andrea. In my opinion, I think who, who better to tell you how to work with that person than the person themselves? Um, mm-hmm. that, that would be my counter to that point. Um, I think, again, if, if the process and the, the conversations are being designed and completed uh, as effectively and efficiently as possible, then realistically we as recruiters should probably be asking the, the person themselves what what are your working preferences what like how flexible are you as a person um 
what is your desired communication style and, and these kinds of things. Um, so I think, again, kind of who better to, to tell us that than, than hearing it directly from the source. Right. Fair. Okay. So uh, next question here. Kim, you're external to organizations and Pascal, you're internal. What pet peeves do you have about the other side? And who are we going? Pascal, this is your turn to start. Okay. Are we talking pet peeves about like external like, recruiters? Like anything. Oh, about external recruiters. Yeah. Okay. So you get to pick on Kim. Oh, okay. Well, geez. <laughs> <laughs> I've people, never worked. I've never should, worked with Kim. I'm I should say people like Kim. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, Kim is awesome. I think for me, th there are like, don't get me wrong, even though I'm on the corporate side, there are lots of amazing agency side recruiters out there. I think the, the thing that sort of frustrates me is that sometimes you could argue that there might be sort of a low barrier to entry to starting a, a recruitment firm. What I mean by that is, is sometimes you might get people without a ton of prior recruitment experience. I think um, having kind of that variety, even for Kim, for example, she was mentioning she worked for a couple of different organizations and agencies prior to going off on her own. So I think that's great because she was probably exposed to different processes, different ways of doing things, all sorts of different clients in both of those businesses as well, um, which of course would help to inform her processes and, and how she does things today and in, in her organization. And the, the other piece, I think as well, the, the agencies that I, I love working with are the ones that really take the time upfront to invest in the relationship and the partnership and really are asking lots of thoughtful questions of the client or, or of the corporate side, for example, in, in my case, and understanding our business, our product offering, our core values, um, what are some of the key characteristics that we look for across the board in our candidates? What is the working environment like? What is the leader like? So that they're able to then go out and then find the candidates that are, are most closely aligned to that. Um, and I think sort of coming or following up to that, that usually leads to a lesser volume of candidates presented, but a much higher quality. So that's what I like. And then obviously conversely to that, I don't really like the agencies that come in guns a blazing and they ask you two questions and send say send over the job posting and we'll go and find you the perfect person. And then again, if they didn't take the time to ask all those questions and truly understand the organization and culture and job and scenario upfront, then really the way that they're doing that is just by throwing candidates at you and learning slowly little by little from feedback from each candidate i, I think sometimes wearing the relationship thin with the the corporate client as well so um so yeah that would be sort of a couple of my gripes about uh, the agency side <laughs> <laughs> all right we've run out of time now <laughs> <laughs> lay it, lay it on me, Kim. Your turn. <laughs> Go. Here's my gripe. No, so I think that for me, it's definitely being seen as an adversary. I've actually had a client tell me that I was a necessary evil, and um, that just sets a bad, bad tone. I almost get the feeling sometimes, and this is certainly not true of everyone. I work with some great clients, but where I almost feel that they feel I'm threatening their position and their job by the fact that they've had to reach out for me, where I really look at myself as a compliment to their job. And I think, you know, anyone who's good at what they do knows when to bring in extra help. And um, that is a show of that. I, 
you know, with our approach, and although I know some corporate internal recruitment, although I don't think it's really well done, do do some active sourcing, they just simply do not have the time. There's a lot more of an administrative burden on a, on a corporate recruiter than an agency recruiter. And so I just simply have more time to do that. I also have access to different candidates. Candidates are sometimes scared to talk to corporate recruiters. And so I think there's you know, definitely some value there. So I would say that was probably, you know, one of my biggest hippies. And then also is, is when they don't give me that opportunity to talk to a hiring manager, learn about the business where they're literally just, here's a job posting, send us some candidates. I'm like, I don't want to work like that. I don't want to throw spaghetti at the wall. I actually have clients that I won't work with because it is like that. And, and that's not the way I like to do recruitment. So I would say those are those are my gripes. There they are. All right. That was a remarkable amount of alignment there. Okay. <laughs> it was. Um, okay. So final question here is advice. So if someone is starting out in recruitment, what advice do you have? And can you start this one? I honestly think agency is the best place to start. I think it's where you'll get the easiest in. I think it's where you're going to get the most dedicated training with the most support. Um, although I know some corporate clients have a big recruitment team, that's not common unless you're in a big, you know, wheelhouse. And so, you know, when I started, I think there was 30 or 40 other recruiters in a room with me. And so I just don't know that there's a better place to learn. The urgency you learn in, in agency recruitment is second to none. I mean, you're competing for every single placement that you make, it feels like. Um, and so getting out to market, getting your candidates prep, being flexible, being on top of things, selling your candidates in, like those are things that you learn like with a militant level of precision. Right. <laughs> so, um, corporate clients love recruiting agency talent to come into their teams. And it's for that very reason. They do bring a level of urgency um, in that way. So yeah, I think that's probably what I would, would say is the best place to start. I think also though, before you even think of where you want to start is going, do I really want to be in recruitment? Mm -hmm. So many people think it's a great stepping stone into HR. And while there have been some successful transitions there, recruitment and HR are not the same. I mean, certainly more on the agency side, it's more apparent how business development and that focus it is. It is still that way internally. You still need to build those relationships, build that trust. Um, you know, again, selling opportunities in, and not in a cheesy car sales way, but you have to have that sense of, do I know what to highlight? Do I know how to talk to this person in a way that they're going to be receptive? And that is all very much marketing and business development traits and less HR specific traits. Uh, Pascal, your turn. Advice. Surprisingly, I'm I'm mostly going to agree with, with Kim here as well. Um, so I'll, although my entire career has been on the corporate side, um, my first manager actually ever in my career came from an agency recruiting background. Um, so while I was in a corporate environment, I think a lot of the the tactics and skills and, and kind of foundational knowledge and recruiting that I learned early on in my career were sort of passed on through the, the agency world. I am biased in the sense that I do love corporate and in-house recruiting, uh, having done it for a while now, but I do think that a, the agency side is, is a great place to start. And Kim is 100% correct that a lot of corporate uh, organizations or corporate recruiter roles will look for uh, some level of, of agency background or, or experience. It's funny, uh, Kim, bringing up the point about recruitment not being um, the same as HR or not, not necessarily being I guess, a, a true part of, of HR, because I, I also agree with that. I, I 
literally wrote a LinkedIn post about this um, earlier this week or last <laughs> week. So I would argue that through my career, the people that have been successful that I've worked with in, in recruiting and in HR have extremely different personalities and extremely different skill sets. So I, I do think it's important to kind of highlight the difference between HR and recruiting and, and for folks to understand uh, really what, what the foundations of each of those two things are. Totally. And you have to be open to like putting yourself out there. And I think that's something that Pascal does really well. And it's something I've literally like I attest all my success to the fact that I started investing in a personal brand and putting myself out there. I mean, I have a post a couple bits ago that has over 3 million views. Like I can't pay for that kind of advertising, right? Like, so, you know, when you look at talent attraction and being able to have access to those candidates, it's, it's also about really making yourself visible and having that feeling of familiarity to yourself, whether that's on the corporate or the agency side, that candidates have a level of trust with you before they've even spoken to you. And that comes with constantly making yourself available and visible all the time. And that can be exhausting for if that's not your if that's not your personality profile that would be very exhausting well thanks kim and pascal that was informative we have reached the end of this episode thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time when i talk shop with another insightful guest